Welcome to the Red Review Podcast. Hi, Jeremy. Hello, mate. How are we doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Very good. Very good. Made it through January. Yeah. Just, I think. <laughs> Perhaps not with as much hair as I started it with. Um, yeah, it's it's been a challenging re-entry to the world post-Christmas. But yeah. How about you? Same. A weird, weird month. I can't believe it's kind of almost the second, well, it's the second week of February, isn't it? Yeah. What's the date today? Eighth? Seventh. Seventh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, gosh. January's disappeared. I don't feel like I've done anything, but I'm sure I have. It's just been one of those weird months when everyone came back from holiday and then all of a sudden it was just busy. Yeah, there was no slow re-entry. It was just beat at the bang. I was saying to you before we started recording, wasn't I, with the wife having had COVID just before Christmas, I punted a load of stuff into the first week back, a load of calls and things, and it just doesn't seem to have slowed down. It's just hell for leather since I've been back after Christmas but um, mm. better to be busy than the alternative that's very true especially for you I mean I, I quite like not being busy sometimes but it doesn't never seems to happen we've had a big bid that started before Christmas it goes in next week finally and that's a big slog it's like 300 page monstrosity um, full construction strategies it's a construction management job all sorts of oh, right. logistics stuff. bands yeah yeah I've got to tend to be an engineer again yeah. um and yeah, it's um, it's been a weird one, but it's good. And obviously, we'll talk about it. We said we talk about the next podcast, but my political career is, um, or career, political aspirations are slowly taking off now. So I'm in the middle of, in the middle of selections for a Labour candidacy at the moment. Yeah, because so. I was just saying, it's, we're fortunate you've been able to make the time because this is Action Station's time. But you've got a small break in the way. I've got a break. Yeah, well, I've got a meeting tomorrow where I, it's like speed dating with the members that are interested. So I've got to do some more prep for that. But I've been sort of coming up with questions that they might ask me and practicing my answers and that kind of stuff. So, mm. and then there's nominations, and then we see what happens after that. So yeah, where, where are we? I will know by the end of the first weekend of March. Okay. Where are we? Sit? South North Northampton North South. Northampton South. Sorry. Not to be confused with South Northamptonshire, which is a different seat. Oh right. Okay. So Northampton South. If you're there and you're slightly red, you're. Uh, if you're a Labour member in Northampton South and we haven't spoken yet, I'm very disappointed because. Oh, both mine. Yeah. <laughs> very impressive candidate video. Very impressive video. I oh yeah. Say. I mean that was that was a slog. Like, and uh, there's this. It got some help from a friend. And um, I hadn't seen him in, him in director mode, but straight away he was like, so the, you have this script, and so I'd learned it all, but actually what he made me do is read every single line individually, and over and over again. Like, right, could you put slightly more emphasis on the word the, or can you say, can you, in the ending, can you raise your voice a little bit more? So I'd, I'd lost by the end of it what the script was, because I had probably read it about 50 times, but reading it line after line, line and then he cuts all those individual lines back together so the whole thing sounds very upbeat and positive yeah yeah. you know every 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 line is individually produced well that's some work isn't it knowing from editing this knowing yeah what's involved that's that's fairly serious gear fair play to him yeah so he's got like 10 versions of each line and he'll go through and choose you know there's probably what 50 lines in the in the two minute 20 two minute 19 video is it you can have on twitter Two minutes nineteen. So yeah, and he goes through and man cuts them. Then we it's around the corner, so we drove around and did some filming around town, and and then Mace let me use uh, some filming up on one of our construction sites. Apparently, it's caused a slight bit of uh, people questioning whether there should be a Mace logo on 
a campaign video, but in all honesty, it's on a hard hat. Unless you know, you've worked for Mace, you probably wouldn't. It's not like, might read your endorsed by Mace. It's no. just, you know. Or if you said it on a podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Constantly getting him in trouble. That's um, fine. Yeah, I got some get you fired I, from that. I, I followed the right process. I had approval from our uh, communications director. He was already sorted out for me, actually. So, yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah, Dave Henby. So he's a good guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. All right, Dave. And I guessed which building it was on. Yeah, this is the scary thing. So Jeremy could watch the video. <laughs> Uh, bearing in mind I was 32 floors in the air on a half-finished skyscraper, Jeremy could still work out which project it was. Off Macy's, yeah. Because they take so long to build or gestate and then build that it was one of the ones that my team technically won before I joined Mace, actually. And then with the onset of Brexit, it got canned and then the client brought it back around and now it's 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 in construction as a big monster. But there you go. Hmm. That's construction. So what are we talking about today? Uh, recompetes. Yes. Uh, rebids is the theme for today. I think we've got the oh the podcast dog hello. has just joined us. You coming up? No. No. It's like you got any food? No. <laughs> so listeners, Dash the podcast dog has just joined us. Dash, come here. Come on, mate. Come. No. Come here. He wants, he wants to play with us. We can't play, we're doing a podcast. Yeah, sorry, mate. He's off. There He's off. See you he, he doesn't care about recompetes. He doesn't no. have to recompete anything, does he? Um, and we'll talk a bit about BPC Europe as well because that is in well I suppose actually yeah it will be it would have happened by the time this goes out first week of March so this will go out soon this will go out before but the next time we record it would have happened so we can talk about ongoing hopefully so oh okay cool we'll see and one of our teams speaking but yeah should we get into it then Yes, let's do it. So, recompete. So, the reason why we were messaging each other, let, let's just say there's not been a tremendous amount of homework and... There never is anymore. Done, done I remember, I remember the days when we would plan out an episode of the structure. We had uh, Question of the Day. We yeah, had yeah. Heaven and Hell. Listeners, if did you enjoy that better? Or do you prefer <laughs> it where we're blagging it? Because this is a blag episode. Well, because I, I did ask for feedback. and It was properly 50-50. Some people liked... And listen because, and and not to kind of put it so to use their words rather than me saying it. They like to listen to people who are very knowledgeable in their field, just talking about the subject because yeah. it's quite kind of good to just hear that kind of peer to peer learning. So there's quite a lot of people who, who like that. Some people like the more kind of podcast style where you have sections and stuff, but we're not. A... Yeah, although I, I had to drive to Scotland and back the other day. Uh, I drove up on a Sunday, drove home on the the Monday night. And so had six hours or more each way to listen to podcasts. And it is a great way to travel, actually. I have to say, it was very good to be able to listen to some. So I listened to a bit of a spread. I was doing my homework in thinking through how we could improve or how we, how we do things. And actually, I, I prefer the fairly looser approach in some ways. I've just, just listened to uh, a motoring one that uh, Andrew Frankel and Dan Prosser do, which I've gone and forgotten the title of. Um, but theirs, theirs is... is is fairly loose. Mm. Um, I, I, I think it's more just my natural style, but so I, I, I don't mind either way. But I'm I'm quite comfortable blagging it. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> as always, as in everything. That I so do. I, so before we started, I said I don't like doing rebids anymore. And yes, a rebid is when you hold a contract, a framework, a MSA, and it comes up for renewal, and you're yeah. the incumbent, and you've got to rebid it. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of it anymore. I used to always think it was an incumbent advantage. I actually prefer being the underdog, bringing something new. And I've found 
more and more difficult to do rebids. So, so I, the reason why I raised recompetes is because I've I've had some interactions with some clients who have done, frankly, a spectacularly piss poor job of repositioning the contracts that they. Hi, Jeremy's clients. You know who you are. Yes, you do. Fucking disaster. Um, so uh, it's just hard work digging it out, isn't it? It's bad enough where people approach me because I'm a capture dude to help them win a deal, and then you ask them how long they've got till the tender comes out, and it's like a month or something. You're like, oh, you're a nice one. That's not capture. Um, and as we say in our capture training, you should be directing capture more, if anything, at recompetes than you should at new business with new clients. Everyone thinks capture is about exciting stuff with new clients over here, when actually the same rules apply, and if not more importantly, to the, the clients you've currently got. It's much, much, much easier to win work with clients that you've got. But So why, why are you bored of it or struggling with it? I quite like now when you're going into something new that you can be quite creative with your proposition. And what I've found more and more is that teams that are already embedded in the client are quite resistant to doing something new uh, within their existing contracts. Because they're like, well, we don't want to give away the IP now because other people will take it. Or, you know, they've all, everyone can play point to a bad experience where they've done something advisory or free for the client and then the client has then screwed them over and put it into the tender and everyone's had to compete on it. Um, or it comes to the tender stage, and then they're again, they're like, well, we can't really say that because they know they know we haven't done it before, and they'll, they'll just say to us, why haven't you done it before? And, and, and quite often, because our teams are really good at building very personal relationships with their clients, you know, on a one-to-one human level, they then, it naturally creates a bit of embarrassment and a bit of kind of like, well, I'll have to look the client in the face, and they'll pick up the bid and go, hold on, why are you saying all this now? Why have you never done it for me before? Yeah. And they almost see it as a slight personal embarrassment. So... I definitely think on the stuff, the smaller stuff that we're doing at the moment, we aren't on top of that issue of um, fighting off a young, plucky, you know, newcomer. They're not young as in like, you know, probably not, you know, Mason's quite a young business, but they're, you know, a plucky newcomer who comes in with loads of new ideas and sells them the dream. And we've had that on, you know, two-stage, big, I won't name them, but big two-stage construction projects where someone comes in with a glossy marketing brochure and says, oh, you know all that work you've just done for 18 months with Mace? Well, we can do it 100, grand, 100 million pounds cheaper. Here's our marketing brochure that says we can do it. And they go, oh, shiny. You know, and you're like, you've been for this journey with us for a year or 18 months going through getting tender prices and going to market and value engine the design. And someone just comes and goes, oh, we can do it for cheaper. So I find I find it easy being the, the, the newcomer. The challenger. The challenger. Although, having said that, I've done a couple of challenger bids recently where, um, well, I say I did them, I, I kind of peer reviewed them, where we probably shouldn't have bid it because the, the incumbent's position was so strong. Mm. Um, it was very hard to see why they would move away from them. And actually, there was a thing that I think Eve Upton did at one of the conferences. I haven't actually watched it, but I've heard stuff and other people have done it before as well uh, someone someone will tell me off that Eve wasn't the one who came up with them but pre-mortems mm. I did it with this team because this whole they did this whole session about wind themes and messaging why we're going to be fantastic and then the, the, the reverse was okay so we've just lost the bid you can't say it was on price and you can't say it because you've messed the bid up why did the client not why did the client not choose us and when they start listing out all the issues why we didn't win you're like well Okay, what's our counter to that issue? Mm. Oh, we haven't got one. 
oh, we, we haven't got one, we haven't got one. You know, there's a commercial risk, there's a, a change risk, there's this, the other, and actually you suddenly realise that we weren't in a very good position to win it. We were just going for it because we were excited to bid it. Optimism bias. Yeah, Massively, sort of yeah. yeah. Or, or we should be seen to be bidding it. Yes. Which is a big issue when, it's still in big businesses, when you, let's take a, this theoretical client, which is a real one, but theoretical for the sake of the podcast, where we're working with them in one location, doing a service, they're procuring in another location the same service. We're like, we've got to be seen to be bidding it because obviously I don't think we're interested in it. Hmm. But you know they like the people doing it already. Yeah, but you know, and you're going to get into that stuck thing. So I think it's very hard sometimes to... Um, uh, let's say the screen's just gone off. We haven't just lost the recording. Um, I, think, I think sometimes it's very hard to get the teams to think about it being a bid as opposed to just kind of business as usual. Yes. <coughs> there you go. There's, there's, there's. You should never rebid anything. There you go. I've convinced you. <laughs> well, no. Like I say, I've I've had an experience with a client who've had a contract for a very long time. They've been doing capture stuff by accident, nice little things with the client through service delivery. And actually, there's a lot to be said for that. There, you know, in delivery, there will be part of your recompete strategy needs to be about finding those little golden nuggets of things that have been happening in delivery that the client really values and perhaps we take for granted but actually are things that your competitors don't do or can't do or or whatever it is so that's that's one hot tip um but you know so i've had a client you know who's, who's not done well in terms of developing their strategy mapping relationships and all of that stuff um you know real billy basics but i also we had a call via bid solutions from a potential client who um, had read an article um, that Graham at SP had written about using proposal techniques in, as preparation for recompetes, um, which was absolutely valid and some really good stuff in it. But actually, I think there's stuff in longer term capture. So on day one of a contract you win, in theory, you should build your strategy and plan for winning it again in five years time or whatever that looks like. So there's a bunch of stuff I rip off from Mace actually, like making sure you've got in place your proper customer feedback, client feedback, net promoter scored based survey. So you're constantly crowdsourcing or at least annually their view of you and the things that you're doing, but annual reports with clients. So maybe it's a six slide presentation you walk through with the client on what you've done well this year, what lessons you've learned this year, what you're gonna do for them in the year ahead. So you're constantly having that check and balance with them and perhaps introducing in that conversation in the next contract in three years time, we would like to talk to you about introducing these things so that when you do rebid it, they're not surprises to the client. It's just the current contract constrains you from being able to do those things because that's a different, different conversation. Yeah. So yeah, there are, there are models and tools, but also, you know, account management wise, CAM wise, at a client level rather than an individual contract level. So you, you talk about a client having different areas and you've got one area and not the other. There's got to be some CAM activity with these key clients, you know, to, to a certain extent. If you've got lots of staff working on a current contract, my, my view is having worked in big outsourcing, you know, when I was at Mouchel as a lad, we've almost got a, you know, there, there should be a commitment to making sure we win that contract next time because otherwise, Everyone that works on it might have to cheaply transfer to, mm -hmm. you know, a different supplier that they might not want to work for. You've got to find them. A so job I, I, think, I think I think I think you you picked up on like a really good point there, which is 
all of this rebid stuff starts with stakeholder mapping and, and and knowing your client. Yeah. Because actually, whatever you want to do in your rebid strategy, whether it's introducing new ideas, whether it's procurement shaping, whether it's scope shaping, whether it's um, showing response to customer feedback, you've got to understand the client and their stake entail stakeholders first before you do any of it. And for me, yeah. that is the absolute foundation of it. And often that's where you suddenly realise that your relationship is not as strong as you thought it was. Yeah. And, well, I, and I think as well, not being blinded by revenue, because you can see a massive client, they're giving loads of money, but it doesn't mean you're doing a good job. That just happens that we we hold the contracts, we keep getting the work. So just cause, because there's a load of revenue coming through doesn't mean actually that you've got a good relationship with the client. Yeah, and, and actually you might want to switch a contract off I've had conversations in, I've, I've delivered some training for a client today on capture um, and there was conversations about well, what, what if the client's you know, difficult to work with, what's it, if it's a horrible contract in terms of the recompete. Mm. You know, if you've got an existing contract that's not pleasant, um, well actually all businesses, certainly UK businesses, are in a fight for talent at the moment and getting your staff to work on a shitty contract for five years or something, you know, they might well just leave because they yeah. can get a job somewhere else and probably for more money. So with the way the market is at the moment, post-Brexit and pandemic and all the rest of it, so um, we actually need to think about that. For lots of reasons, are we better off switching these things off and not mm. bidding it um, next We've time had that conversation. So what, what we do have now is we have a tracker of all our existing frameworks and MSAs, and when they come up... Uh, a year away, we make sure that we go and back to the business and say, you know, how's it, you know, what's what's the view on the rebid? And we just give them an A, B, or a C. A is a priority, we've got to be on it. B is a nice to have, let's look into it, or a C is no, not worth it. And that's helped a lot because actually people, you go, well, do you really want to bid it again? And they go, actually, no, we've had no work in the past three years. But it, it'd be nice to have, and, and then you can go, well, why? Why is it nice to have you not had any work? You, you want to spend £30,000 bidding something that you don't get any return from. Mm. And okay, they go, okay, yeah, well, we should be seen to be bidding. Okay, so if you're going to be seen to be bidding, you need to now do capture. So it does start the conversation, actually, to um, have that kind of prompt of these are the things going for renewal. I think, you yeah, know, yeah. If, you, if you were starting this as a as a, as you know, as a fresh in a, in a business, for me, that would be the absolute fundamental piece of data is what, what are the existing contracts we have and how much turnover do we do through them? Because then you can start to prioritise your capture. You know, we're running, I don't know, 400 different frameworks across the world, or MSAs across the world. You know, we have to focus on the ones that are going to, that are worth rebidding, mm. despite if the client wants us to rebid or we need to, if you seem to be rebidding, actually, is it is it the right business sense? Yeah. So have your recompetes in your pipeline? Yeah. So that you know they're coming, because mm -hmm. uh, you know it's it's easy to take these things for granted, and suddenly they creep up on you. Believe it or not, regularly check in on those. Have a plan for for rewinning um, relationship. Map it to death, and recheck that temperature and succession as well. What's the client's succession? So I've got another client, um, competitor of yours in places, who have got an anchor client that they've had for twenty odd years in the business, but most of the work comes through one bloke mm -hmm. who is getting towards retirement age yeah and they don't really have relationships with the people below them in the organization and they don't know if they'll when he goes if they'll 
recruit somebody in or whether they'll promote I, I someone. Saw, I saw this at a, pre- at a previous firm that they'd worked with this organisation since its formation pretty much and before, you know, the business was 150 odd years old and it came, their, their biggest engineering framework came up for renewal. There was a new breed of commercial people who've come in from the private sector. Our relationship still sat with engineers and everything else but the business hadn't read the mood music that the client was changing and was almost kind of blinkered to the fact that the thing that the client was changing um wasn't the business that did, did, did bidding it always relied on having good relationships um and basically completely underplayed their hand and assumed the great relationships they had with the client stakeholders would pull them through and of course actually when it came down to marking pen and paper yeah. from an aggressive commercial team they lost their their biggest single client in the whole business and, and that was primarily just through some not recognizing the mood music and being reliant on a few yeah. relationships no it's easy, it's easily done um and then i think the the whole co-solutioning bit but towards the utopia should be that you find a way to negotiate an extension so you get a free pass mm-hmm. um or they direct award the next generation of the contract to you through a CCS framework or whatever it is, if it's public sector or private sector, of course, they can just do that yeah, within, yeah. within reason. So how, how do you co-solution with them a new delivery solution that creates massive amounts of value for them and perhaps you can take a share of that value but also manages out the risk of, of competition or worst case scenario, you basically help them write the ITT and the spec for the, the, the new generation. And obviously shape it to suit you guys and and the yeah. competition out. Um, that's that's got to be the utopia, as it is with norm, you know, capture with new clients. It's it's got to be the case with recompetes. But yeah, my my conscience has been pricked from this a couple in a couple of different ways. It's not something I think we've talked about before. Um, but yeah, treat it with more respect than you do um, new business with new clients. I would say. But you know what? There is there's also you know the one thing I always find is very difficult is actually. Clients are quite smart at this now. I'm very good at putting the boundaries around the, the, the retender. So mm. getting involved in shaping and negotiating is difficult. Um, I've got John Williams ringing my ears now. Uh, practice proposals is yeah, yeah. is is the um, is the thing. That's probably Cat uh, Win now. He's just done this piece of benchmarking for us, talking about practice proposals. And actually, that's when you go in and you know that you can you can know they're not going to accept it. But you just put a proposal to them and say, this is what we'll do if you gave it to us now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you get their feedback essentially on your proposition. Yeah, shoot for the stars and you might hit the moon. If nothing else, you get some feedback. So I think practice proposal, therefore, and that's where you go in, talk to them, say, right, we're going to give you a proposal to extend it. You just just you got it on your, you know, in your commercial team have got it so you can see where, where we're at. And they go back and say, well, I didn't like the idea that you were going to change the change the contract manager actually we think she's fantastic it's mm. it's the director who we think's a dicks can't you put a new director in um and you don't get that feedback unless you actually do something like that yeah yeah true but the other thing is actually when you're in that rebid position you're in such an amazing position to gain lots of good evidence of what you've done and i have to say even now um we're just not very good at it at all in any organization i've been in in going out and getting like a case study on every single topic we think or you know three or four little snippet cases every single topic we think could be in the rebid testimonials from the clients saying we've done really well on stuff kpi data measurement data and investing the time so you know we've done 50 projects for this client how many of them are on time how many of them are on budget what's the data that 
we agree on. And I, I've tried to do it on a big rebid recently, and the team are really sheepish about it because actually it wasn't a great rosy story or, mm. you know, they didn't want to kind of expose that kind of level of data. They were quite, you know, yeah, controlled about it. But you're in such an amazing position to build all this database of evidence, which we know is what wins bids these days. It's all, you know, marking by numbers and you've got to have certain pieces of evidence and added value to get 10 out of 10. It's a quick win. If, if, even if you can't influence it, even if you can't reach the client, you can still collect that evidence base in your kind of mid-term capture period. Yeah, you can. No, absolutely. And it's much, so much easier to do that with a little bit of work than wait till a bid comes out and slaps you in the face and then you're at action stations desperately trying to find stuff and you end up bending stuff to shape because you haven't quite got the right stuff. Whereas if we'd just got that in the bank during the life cycle of the contract and of course like i say do those annual reports and play those case studies to the client about all the great stuff we've done all the lessons learned you know we're going to do this differently as a result of this hmm. that's a good story you know have that open and honest conversation with the client yeah do you know what i've realized i reckon i've got here as if by chance in mike's magic office Still pristine because I've only ever thumbed it. Winning your rebid. Oh, there you go. An actual book on the subject. How to retain contracts through successful competitive rebids. Apparently, this Nigel Thacker, someone recommended it to me, is like an absolute expert. He's written an entire book on how to do a rebid. So, very good. There you go. But yeah, I um, probably should have read that before we did I probably a, should pod, have done. a podcast episode on it. But um, I was going to see if there's a little summary of, of what you should do that we could test ourselves on, but I don't know. I don't think there is. But what, what's the sections in this then? So, um, list of tables of figures. Starting the contract with the end in mind. Measuring mm -hmm. measuring performance, we covered that. Yeah. Capturing the added value and continuity improvement you've done. Demonstrating how you can reduce the client's risk. Ooh, yeah. Like it. Keeping the contract relevant, i.e. stopping contracts late and then managing customer relationships. And then how do you prepare for a bid? Having a rebid strategy, preparing a rebid solution, pulling it all together. Okay. But yeah, oh, I saw a turned over page there. You've read that. Oh, I have read the whole book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I've skimmed it because it's you know I I have to say the book is, uh, hundred and fifty five pages long. So whilst I do love bidding, I'm not sure <laughs> if I'm going to read a hundred fifty five page book word for word. Covered word for word, it's going to be about how to win your rebid. But uh, it's been recommended to me by a couple of people, so I did buy it. And I do kind of do delve into it when I want when I need something. Very good. Well, there you go, Nigel Thacker. Yeah, so I'd look at Nigel as well. Or, or obviously, Growth Ignition, who are fantastic at consulting on on rebids. Only if you've done the work, otherwise he'll tell you to. Otherwise he'll tell you to piss off. <laughs> I don't mind the accelerated pursuit stuff, as we'd call it. The it's three months away thing, but it's just it's all action station stuff. Whereas just life's just better if we can just do some interesting things, you know. But also, you wind you, in your marketing function because you're quite busy now. You can be a bit more selective, so you don't have to take on so many That's true. basket cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, more training and capability stuff. Less digging people out of holes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Which is the big thing for this year for my team as well. I've learned from you. So. Very good. Very yeah. good. Okay, doke. So um, we're going to talk about BBC Europe as well. Yes. So I have got the agenda. So on. So you're going. The, well, I think I am. The first Thursday and Friday, 9th and tenth of March is the third ever BPC Europe. The first one was just before the pandemic, wasn't yes, it? Yes, and then there was one last year. That's one last year that one of my team, Adam, was going to go to. He got COVID the day he was going to go. Went to do his pre-flight test and he had COVID. Didn't know he had it. 
didn't have any symptoms. But my colleague Joe is going this time to speak. But yeah, I was just looking at the agenda. So which, which Joe? Connell. Oh, very good. She's lovely, by the way. Very, very good. Yeah, yeah. One of my favourites at Mass. She she's doing fantastic work. Um, apparently it's the last one they're going to have in Amsterdam because they've had it in Amsterdam three years in a row. Right. So don't know where it'll be next. Okay. I don't know where else there's a big chapter in Europe apart from the UK, and they can't. Could they hold BPC Europe in the UK? Oh no, you got Germany's pretty big with old Chris Carlin and. That's true. All that and he's mustard. He's doing a lot of good stuff for the association. I have to say. He's, Did he, he do the collective summary? Yes. Yeah. I've heard good things. Yeah, we had our first, or first in my four years, um, ATO quarterly get together on Teams the other day, um, where there's lots of good stuff. So we met Kimberly, the new director of certification. Yeah. Welcome, Kimberly, um, who seems lovely and very capable. Um, and we've got what's under the camera? I'm not sure, but it's recorded on my phone, so we've got we've got <laughs> sounds. Yeah, sorry, we were trying some new recording stuff, and I don't know whether the camera's failed on us. Um, but uh, yeah, there's there's some new stuff about uh, APMG who run the, who are not to be confused with APMP, they're a company that run the exams bit, and how they're going to support us as ATOs and things. So lot lots of good stuff happening actually. What's in the pipeline for just going off BPC for a second? What's in the pipeline for micro-accreditation? Did they say? Uh, is there a, did I see there's a writing one coming there's next? There's a bid writing one which Graham at SP is doing, so that's very exciting. And, and thank you to Graham and SP for putting the effort in because these are not small things. Um, there is a pricing one which I had some input to early last year, but that seems to have gone on hold for a bit, probably a next year thing, I think, even though we've only just started this year. Um, and then there are some others in conversations. I, I have been approached about supporting one as an ATO, mm-hmm. um, which I've agreed to, but I can't tell you what it's about yet. You can tell me afterwards. Um, with, but I can tell you afterwards, yes. Um, no, you're not allowed, I bet you're not allowed, actually. Um, do you know what? I, if you can put it in, I would love them to do an information design one. Well, that's interesting. Because there is, I think graphics is high on the list. So Rick presented a list. They've, they've done some sort of survey to members about the things they would like more focus on and, and micro accreditations on and uh, from memory graphic stuff was quite high on the list actually yeah but not american graphics information design as in yes the infographics theory, and things yeah like the that. theory of information design rather than how to make a powerpoint look nice okay understood i will raise got uh, mine's good, not that i've got a very good company working with us on that they're potentially gonna set up a kind of Graphic designers, information designers, subgroup of APMP in the UK. Okay. Trying to work with them to do that at the moment. Very good. And someone in my team as well. Because, as they said, you know, you're in a bid team, so you do live in the world of bidding, but you are a graphic designer. I know everyone doesn't have graphic designers, but bigger firms like Mason, there are specialist businesses in the UK who just do that. Mm. And it is quite a niche skill. Yes. And he was saying he goes to sort of more marketing, graphic design kind of forums. And they don't really get what. No. In fact, I've just brought in a new um, interim head of design in our team or design team leader because our design team leader is going off going off on maternity, and he's come from Curry's, um, as in Curry's okay. Dixon. And I think day one, I, I walked out with him at the end of at the end of, and he, I don't think he'd realised the volume. 
actually bidding is mm. in terms of how much is going on. Like we went through our, he joined our start of the week yesterday and there's 16 live bids on at once, of which eight need some sort of graphic design support and there's three designers. And I think he was a bit kind of shocked that... Yeah, it's a different pace. Different pace in different world, different isn't world. it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I was just looking at the list of, of BPC Europe then. So, who's speaking? Uh, I took the keynote from... Jank, uh, some people. <laughs> strategic proposals, strategic proposals, Netherlands. Very good. Richard and uh, Yannicka. Don't know, but no. So my colleague Joe is speaking about our journey on work winning. So, oh, very good. Um, from area of concern to high performing teams, because we oh, in terms of well being. Yeah. So we are no longer. So when you probably did they do Robertson Cooper when you worked at Mace? Yeah. So the bid team always came up as a hotspot for various reasons, but my team is now a high performer and above benchmark. So we've dramatically changed our team's, I'd say our team's outlook on life and therefore their well-being and, and recognising their own value and putting their own boundaries in place. But yeah, so we are we're out of the, out oh, of well the shit. Yeah, because yeah. we were, in my time, definitely in the shit. Yeah, yeah, they were. So it became a big, a big challenge. And then we've just won the MACE... Wellbeing Ambassador Award. Look at you. Yeah. Our made, team. Made up awards. Well done. Yep. Team of the year. In most. 7,000 person in business. And we're team of the year. But Joey's going to talk about the, the journey. Because it's. It's very slightly the kind of my view of wellbeing. Which is. It's not about fluffy yoga sessions and free coffee. It's actually about data. And taking. You know. Practical actions. Yeah to address process and systemic issues in a business that cause poor well-being and also putting the boundary in place between um, what is work well-being and what is personal well-being mm. and being very clear what the business does and doesn't support on them, what the business does and doesn't do because actually people have to recognise that the level of support business provides has to be based around the business rather than to begin, we had like our well-being survey, and what's your biggest concern? Well, lockdown, and I can't go to the gym. Yeah, it's like, well, I can't do anything about that. No. So, that's not something that we can. You know, people, are, oh, we should maybe think about doing a gym sessions in the office. And like, no, that's not something we have to deal with. That's not our job, as an employer. Our job is to deal with the issues in the business that cause people not to have a good day at work. So, it's been yeah. a hard slog for two years, but we are now kind of super high performers. And I know a lot of people in the bidding industry have a problem with stress and well-being, so hopefully that's a useful one. Good, good. But I was seeing what else is on there. You can be a JOAT, J-O-A-T, and that's an acronym for something, but I don't know what that is. Just on... Can you click on it to get more information? Does that happen? No. Is that what it is? There's a few sessions on like storytelling, which are always there, aren't there? Here's, here's a long-winded one. Transformational leadership, essential competencies and skills for leading and navigating and winning in turbulent times. That is a mouthful, isn't it? Um, yeah, there's a there's an interesting mix of things. But I've noticed they've got a, a a reception, which they didn't have when I went. So there's a bit of an 8pmp piss-up on the first evening, which is good. Oh, very good. But it's on the Thursday, Friday, so my plan, hopefully, is to go to that and have a weekend in Amsterdam. That was our plan, uh, but I didn't get a speaking slot. And so, return on investment wise, I couldn't 
justify it this year yeah. with, with the R word recession knocking about. I spoke to Big Rick about it on a call the other day. It was cool. Um, so I we're, we're dealing with the podcast dog again. Hello, mate. Hey, he's going to come join us. He's going to come and join us. Um, Yes. The other one, BPC Orlando. Have you? Did you apply to speak? No. I did. I had an email. I think they've had 181 applicants, 56 slots. Right. Oh wow. They sent an email saying there's going to be a lot. We're really sorry. There's going to be a lot of disappointed people. Um, so it's obviously going to be a busy one. So that's good. I wonder how many they got for Europe. They probably got loads then. Maybe I wasn't alone, not making them come up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what nearly four times as many people applying than they have got slots in Orlando so a lot of people are doing it now because I think they recognise that it helps their personal brand and probably helps in their appraisals and everything else but actually it's a good thing to do and I think more people are keen on supporting the industry more generally than they previously were maybe because of different faces and different yeah. roles and yeah yeah it's not so much of a kind of closed shop to a few organization no it's interesting i need i need to get better organized about these things i'm i'm about to employ a marketing consultant to help me with a whole range of things um which is a fact does, does she live with you uh he is a massive heavily tattooed rock and roll fan oh, it's not your wife no because because no. jeremy's wife does marketing and does your kind of day-to-day marketing doesn't she no 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 not for a long time is she not? no 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 she hates bidding and what we do for a living there's no interest <laughs> in it whatsoever Th- she thinks we're all fucking mad um no no she likes to work with charities and people who aren't involved in bidding so um no no i've been on my own for some time fiddling about but i've not been doing a very good job so um particularly in terms of selling you know, the passive income stuff really the selling digital stuff mm. um you know videos tools templates all of that kind of thing there's there's stuff to do in that space and i've been lazy because i've just got busy training people um so now but I've that is but that's what you enjoy isn't it really is the training people base yeah but i, I don't day to day there's you know social media scheduling there's email campaigns there's all of that kind of stuff to do that i've just not been doing because i haven't needed to but i should yeah. Um, so I need, I need I need a bit of help with that. So I'm going to get a day a week of my mate Adam. Hopefully, uh, we need to agree a deal. But we had a good phone chat about it today. So nice. We shall see. Yeah. Cool. So you're not coming to Amsterdam, but you will be in Orlando. No, I'm not in Orlando either. Are, we, are you not? Are you? No, yeah, I will there. be at the UK one, wherever it is. Yeah. Good venue. I've signed it off. Yeah. 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 You're not going to tell me where it is, are you? Not whilst we're recording. No. Okay. Um, and an APM people are not why we're not recording either. No, no, he won't. He, won't. he wouldn't last time either. I don't honestly know where it is. Um, fair enough. Uh, but I look, I look, fi- look forward to finding out where that is. I, I need to have the conversation with Martin at Bid Solutions about if we jointly take a stand or not. We, we've not got round. We've just been, both been really busy, and he's gone off skiing for half term or whatever. So there's other things like client entertaining stuff. I, I want you to go to the cricket and things, and I've missed. I would, I would the take the. Headline sponsorship for ten thousand pounds. Would you? Yeah. Can you lend me ten thousand pounds? <laughs> um, no, I think was it a stand for three grand? Was it? Is yeah. that about right? Yeah, yeah, that'll do. That'll do. I think we'll probably do that. I'll certainly do that. There's a good we'll vendor area actually for the stands this year because it's a different venue and it's there's a really nice setup with you know like and like a bit like Heathrow was with all the rooms and the vendors mm. straight outside of it and everyone comes out of the rooms to where the oh, vendors good. are rather than all being like in a cupboard somewhere. Yeah, okay. But I, you know, I'd recommend the um, the secondary sponsorship at £4,000. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, you know, get a stand as well? You don't, no. no get, your name, get your name and lights on the on the wall. Oh, I'm 
perfectly good at getting my name in lots and lots of ways. Maybe, um, maybe sponsor, and if you take a stand, sponsor an award as well. Then you get to go on stage in the evening, and I get to get you a bit drunk beforehand. Like David, um, Dave Bremner, who went up and forgot his glasses, so he couldn't read the auto cue this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he had this oh, big, and I don't know what happened. He had this, we told him they had two minutes, and then for some reason, the compare that we employed told him they had 15 seconds. So they all had these big kind of elevator pitches about bidding and why they thought it was great and thanks for supporting the APMP and they all got cut. So we're going back to it this year. There'll be videos. Because oh, really? people were asked to do videos for their like award nomination. They're not everyone did it, so they couldn't use them all. So it'll be more strict this year. We're going back to you have to produce a video if you're shortlisted. So right. just to say why you've been shortlisted and the sponsors will have a proper time to say, hello, I'm Jeremy. I do Grow Food Fish and come talk to me about training. This is why bidding is great. And the shortlist is in the winner is. So, yeah. Uh, okay. It's a bit more of a thing. Or wine sponsor. That's what um, All right. Excited I'll do, I'll last do year. something, Mike. I'll do something. <laughs> wine sponsor was a good one because the, the stuff was everywhere. You know, they were essentially I mean, was I, dinner sponsored by Excite. I have to say, you know, generally speaking, the turnover of my business has not been driven by APMP related stuff to, to until 10 months ago, mm. maybe a year ago. But I have to say, I've found a real groundswell. It's fantastic to see in people wanting to do foundation and join the association. The, the membership numbers must have rocketed because I am feeling a real push. Um, and not just in the bidding stream, people wanting to do capture practitioner, people talking to me about the micro accreditations. You know, I've got people ready to go in terms of doing the exec summary one. Corporate clients who want to train, you know, 100 people in value propositions and exec summaries. Mm -hmm. You know, quite not not bidding based businesses, actually, as in structured, you know, public sector bidding. These are private sector facing. You know, they want to teach their salespeople how to write a good sales document. And yeah, using yeah. the exec summary piece is a, a bit of a catalyst. So, um you know, the APMP brand is going from strength to strength. So I think I've got to play a more active part in it. But I, I have, I've said to Big Rick, uh, I had a call with him uh, this week, last week, that um, I can't just throw money at this because it's a lifestyle business and I need Maseratis. So, um, but I will absolutely go on the journey with the association to help grow the numbers by having a podcast, by doing thought leadership by engaging industry bodies and position APMP at the heart of, of what we do, our best practices. And I showed him what a bid toolkit site looks like, a client's one, and the fact that APMP's best practices are baked into it and the mm -hmm. logo features. So uh, we'll, I want to do things together rather than just throw money at the problem. And he was very happy about that. So um, that was I'm good glad you're taking a stand. So thanks very much for confirming that the podcast. <laughs> Uh, well, it means I've got to actually buy a stand though because I haven't got one. I, I think I think Jeremy secondary sponsorship plus do an award and you you're good to go. Let's under see. five grand. No, I might I'll, rather than have a stand, I might take a massive telly and use that as the stand. Maybe how about a hobs? I bet they got something clever they can do. They've got bim caves and all sorts, haven't they? So yeah, potentially interesting. All right, we'll do a deal on that. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. As I said in the webinar that I. Forgot to, I messed up the webinar and I did the whole webinar realizing that, not realizing the slides weren't moving for all the people watching. And I had my phone turned oh. off and I didn't have the chat up because I was trying to speak. So for me, the slides are moving. Everyone's messaging saying, I can't see the slides move. They're all on mute. Oh, no. So I did the whole thing. So I've got to re record it and send it out. We're going to do a little book as well that people can then take away. Oh, very good. Yeah. But there's nothing open for sponsorship at the moment. So 
that will come in the next month or so. Oh, I should hope you to get your sponsorship volunteer as well because actually it's quite a one of the big challenges is businesses like yourself and you know the, the other ones as well want to meet during the day and my diary just doesn't yeah, yeah. allow that so I need someone who can be my right hand person to pick up those kind of conversations so I've got an introduction to someone who's quite keen on that so we'll see very good all right, right. so what are you up to this week then this month uh, training we are I am training a hundred people in one client in cam and then capture Mm-hmm. Um, so <coughs> six different sessions and then a load of follow-on teams calls and all sorts of stuff um, we are in negotiations with a company in Australia to train a hundred odd people in bidding um, including 20 people in APMP Foundation um, so 80 people that are made up of their most senior people people who get asked to lead bids most and then a bunch of junior people to bring the groundswell in bidding masterclass, so mm. the whole end, and then just APMP Foundation for a bunch of office manager admin people that are bid coordinators when they wear that hat to upskill them, plus an enterprise toolkit site, um, plus a load of social learning stuff, all to be mobilised by the end of February. Excellent. <laughs> wow. So half term next week is going to be do- making all of that shit happen. Is it half term next week? Yeah. Yeah, in Cambridgeshire, where I live, it is anyway. Bloody hell. So that's soon coming. I suppose it's February, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's loads of shit like that going on, mate. We're we're winning loads and loads and loads of work at the moment. It's fantastic. I'm very pleased uh, with, and it's interesting stuff with clients where we'll make a difference. So um, lots of challenger clients, I would say. So some of your smaller competitors and similar organisations in in other markets. Bring it on. So that's good fun. Oh, and I did on Friday. I went and hung out with Vicky Jackson actually. Oh, did you? Yeah, I went to Circo's. Uh, I think it's their head office near Reading in Hook uh, for free. Didn't didn't charge me any money, but um, I, she was having two away days back to back Thursday, Friday with her team and their Capture BD group. Um, and I ran a maturity modelling session on what bad, average, and good practice looks like through Capture and bidding and different facets of that. And then they highlighted where they think their teams are and the journey they can use to improve it. So I facilitated all that and got free fish and chips out of Vicky. So it was just, <laughs> it was just lovely to, to see her. Um, I, I haven't spoken for a while, actually. I'm interested how she's doing because she's back in-house now. Yeah, oh, she she is fucking brilliant, mate. She's way better at this than me. She's brilliant. So you're quite glad she's on the client side then rather Fucking than yes, you. mate. Uh, and she she loves it. So great. You stay there. You stay there, bird. Stay away from my clients because she's brilliant. <laughs> really, really good. Um and her yeah, her team love her. So it was it was really lovely, actually. A lovely way to spend a Friday. Um yeah, drove drove down in the Maserati, had a had a nice fish and chip lunch and then came home. <laughs> Very good. Can't beat it. Well look, we'll be back in a month. Yes. Um on our monthly podcast. And next time we will record in St. Neers because it's meant to be St. Neers today, but we had to move things around because of all the politics stuff. So yeah, and I was in Birmingham, so I was on my way home to drop off in Northampton. Yeah, but I want now we've recorded two in the in my back cave. We need to come and do it in your shed. In my shed, and it'll hopefully be warm enough in March to uh, <laughs> to be able to do that. Very good. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, listeners. Yeah, thank Goodbye you. Goodbye to the podcast blog. Um, I don't know if the, the video recorders work, but we've got the audio. Anyway. Got the audio anyway. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye.